What's up, y'all? Welcome to the 21st episode of The Real Word, the third season. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting the show. As you see here, we got an empty chair. Um, Pastor Santa Kumo is coming in late. Shout out to everybody for supporting. Shout out to everyone for watching. Shout out to everybody that's just been supporting the movement. Shout out to everybody that subscribed to the YouTube. That's www.youtube.com um, backslash C for channel backslash The Real Word TV. Um, that's the word. That's the real word TV on YouTube. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at the real word TV. Um, we also on Facebook at the real word seven on Facebook. That's at the real word seven on Facebook. And we're on the Brick Network every Thursday at 4 p.m. Check your local cable listings. Boom. So today we got a special guest. Introduce yourself. Hi everybody. I'm Lisa Rose. Shout out to Lisa Rose for coming in today. Um, tell people a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm a singer-songwriter from Brooklyn, um, from Canarsie. Shout out to Canarsie. Shout out to the whole floor. <laughs> Shout out to know. the whole floor. So you already know. <laughs> um, and um, I'm a surgical tech also, and I'm just you know someone just trying to make it, trying to grind for my family. You know the regular, regular. <laughs> what is a surgical tech like, and what do they do? Um, a surgical tech is like a surgeon's assistant. So, like, if the surgeon tell me to grab a scalpel, I have to grab a scalpel. If the ter surgeon tell me sponges, I have to grab the sponges. So, I'm his little assistant. <laughs> so, you be in the OR? In the yeah. operating room? Yeah. How's that? It's, you know, it's so crazy. It's so fascinating to see, like, the human body, like, the inside of a human body. Like, it smells it, weird, right? It's, no, it's the most disgusting smell, like, yeah. the most nastiest smell. But you get used to it. I got used to it. Yeah, because when... When my wife gave birth to my daughter, she had C-section, mm -hmm. and I was there when it was kind of up, and I smelled her insides. It was smelling like, ugh. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Don't say no, that. No, no, no. I don't mean it like that, but I'm saying, like, it, it smells like flesh. Like, yeah. you can smell the flesh. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, I was yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. It smells, it smells disgusting. But you get used to the smell and stuff like that, but it really is disgusting. <laughs> so how'd you end up in that field? Like, what got you into that? Um, what got me into that? Well, it's because when I was younger, like 19, when I was 19, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. Like, I was just one of those people that was just like, oh, if something happens, it happens, you know what I mean? Or whatever the case may be. But, um, um, what happened was, um, I ended up getting pregnant. I was in a relationship. I was young, you know blah 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 and um, I had um, unfortunately lost the baby at seven months so um, because of that it just made me like do my research on what happened to her and what was the cause and I just had an epiphany one day like I want to make sure this doesn't happen to any mother you know so I have to, to make my first step into the OR so that way I could branch off into you know being an actual surgeon for babies myself <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that no testimony. Problem. So, in regards to singing, because you said you also do a little bit of singing, mm -hmm. um, so what do you sing about and what's your inspiration? Um, I sing about love. I'm an R&B artist. Okay, so, okay. Rhythm um, and blues? Yeah, rhythm and blues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I sing about love and heartbreak and, you know, stories about my exes, my past and stuff like that and, you know. Mm. So... Name a few titles of your songs. Um, right now, I have a single out called Losing My Mind. Losing Your Mind. Losing My Mind. Over what? Over who? 
over the, you know, some boy back in the day. <laughs> that they were. Huh? That they were. Um, I don't know. You you ever meet somebody? Well, you married, so obviously yeah. you lose your mind every single day. You know. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> right. So um, I met this guy, and um, I was, you know, head over heels. He made me lose my mind. Like whatever mm. was the situation, I was there. Whatever. If he had a problem, I was there, one call away, I'll be there in five seconds. Like, I was literally losing my mind because I was so much in love with him. Mm. Yeah. Dangerously in love. Dangerously. Dangerous. It's very dangerous to be that much in love. You know what I mean? Yeah, tell me about Exactly. It. So, um, yeah, so I just wrote about it, and so it's out right now. On oh, where? where? Where can he find on, it? Um, you can find it on Apple, Tidal, Spotify. Mm. Yeah. And your singing name is Lisa Rose too. Lisa Rose. Okay, copy, copy. So what's one some some of the lyrics in that song? Um, something about you make me feel some way. It's gonna take some time, but trust me, it'll be okay. Mm, true, true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They said um, time heals all, but heals her to walk in. What song is that? Um, I know what song you're talking about, but I totally forgot. <laughs> Fancy, huh? Yeah, she fancy, yeah, huh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that song. All right, so um, during working as a surgical assistant, I know sometimes you probably have a lot of difficult days and difficult times and whatnot. Um, does singing help you get through those situations? Um, I wouldn't say that singing helped me get through it. I mm -hmm. guess um, it's just motivation. I guess it, it makes me just realize that there's a, you know what's so crazy? I never knew that there's some, there are some um, people, doctors or whatever that's just there for the money. Of course. You know what I mean? Like they're not really there to like really take care of you, you know? So, um, so when I have a hard day or a difficult time, it just, it just makes me like motivated to make sure that I reach his position so that way I could do a better job because I feel like I would do a better job. <laughs> I'm right. um, speaking of doctors. It's all about the money. I once met this surgeon, right? Mm -hmm. And his biggest complaint was doing surgery because he mostly did. Um, he was an orthopedic surgeon, so mm -hmm. he did mostly sports medicine, sports surgeries, and things like that. Sports injuries. And he was like, how um, one of the people that he disliked the most doing surgery on was fat people because you had to move around. Oh my god. <laughs> From your perspective, mm -hmm. can you see his perspective or you think he was just being, you know, a jerk? <laughs> well, he probably was being a jerk, but I wouldn't know because I'm I'm I I work with kids. Okay. Cool. So um, most of the kids that I work with, you know, they're like babies, premature, they have heart problems, kidney problems, you know. Yeah. So a lot of kids a lot of babies are born with heart problems mm -hmm. and and I guess kidney and liver problems. Yeah, kidney, liver, or um, my daughter had, um, it's called hemophoria, mm -hmm. and it's called fluid in the brain. Oh, wow. Right? And um, it's basically that she was growing inside of my belly, but her, like, I guess the back of her head or the back of her brain that's supposed to cover the brain mm -hmm. wasn't growing for mm -hmm. some reason. And so the fluid that's in my belly was just inside was going inside her brain going inside her brain wow. so most most kids or most babies that are born with that they're usually you know um 
it usually takes time for them to talk. You know, it takes it, it takes them a while for them in school or making friends or you know, it's a real difficult time. So I work with I work with I'm trying to go into neonatal and um it's basically um to have surgery on the babies before they're even born. Like through the mother's belly before they're even born so that way they wouldn't have the fluid in their brain. So that's what they're trying to you know, trying to come together with. Mm. Yeah. Children that, that are born with that, um, like a fluid in their brain, mm -hmm. is there any physical deformities that you could see? Um, yeah, sometimes um, they, um, some of them end up in wheelchairs for the rest of their life. Um, some of them can't walk, like it's hard for them to learn how to walk, you know? Some of them just, um, you know, stay in the hospital. Like, I, I have a patient that's been in the hospital ever since he was born and now he's 12 years old. Wow. Yeah, so. It's a it's a whole lot for you know parents to go through for the kid to go through because you don't really have a childhood like that and stuff like that so mm. it's um it's it really um it really motivates me to see that because I just I just think like if my daughter was here I would be in that position you know what I mean yeah, yeah. there was a recent story about a woman I believe I think maybe Florida mm -hmm. that's been in the hospital her whole entire life and the guy and the, I think one of the nurses got her pregnant. You heard that story? No. Yeah. And the way they found out is when she was giving birth. I guess that's when he found out and the guy ultimately went to jail. Wow. So yeah, that's the case of where that occurs. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like that field is not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. So how do you deal with seeing those things every day, day after day? Um, it's hard. It's really hard. I don't know how people usually like, you know, like when my first day, um, my first day we did a surgery on a four year old and then the four year old passed away and I just like ran out and got in the closet and I was crying my eyes out because my heart is so big and so soft, you know what I mean? And, um, um, I had my boss just came to me and told me that like, if you're not up for this, you, you could just, you know, get out. Like, wow. you have to be really strong in order for you to, you know, be in this. But if you're weak, you could just get out. That's He basically told me like that. Because people die every day, right? Yeah, people die every day, you know what I mean? So I just got used to it. It still, it still hurts and stuff, you know? Because um, no parent should ever have to bury their child, period. Right. You know? So it still hurts every day, but I have to realize, like, the big picture, like, what I'm trying to accomplish and... Um, you know, the lives that I could possibly save if I don't give up, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks. How does your music correlate with your medicine? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, I don't know. I think that, I think that being where I, where I am, like in the medical field, I think that it, it makes me, I guess, understand more or makes me, um, think before I react or things like that like it really it really made me grow as a person and I thought that I was already an adult you know I'm big woman ting I'm an adult you know but I had a lot of growing up to do you know and um for some reason I hear it in my songs that like it's more mature like I doesn't I don't sound like a little girl anymore I hear I, I'm more you know I'm more you could tell that I went, I've been through stuff, I've seen things that you could hear it in my voice and you could hear it in the soul and 
all of that stuff. So it's pretty like fascinating to see how, even though medicine and singing is totally two different things, how it just comes together for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, life has a weird habit of doing that, you know, especially yeah. with life and time. It, you go through a lot of different things, a, a lot of different seasons. You meet a lot of different people with different characteristics. Mm-hmm. Some people are just characters themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and you learn to deal with that. And, you know, some people stay, some people go, but everyone leaves a part of them more or less with you. Yeah. And it could be a good part or a bad part. And you in the field that you work in, like, people leave their parts literally. <laughs> yeah, they really do. <laughs> they really so, do. like, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's crazy. I had a quote the other day. Um, damn, I wrote it down. I wrote it down because it was so deep. Give me one second. I definitely wrote it down. And um, it, would say, it was saying, you can't keep trying to change people and you end up changing yourself. You know? So, and that's for my singing and my things. I realized that I just kept, I kept changing myself so that way the other person could be happy. You know what I mean? So that I was put like putting myself down so that way he could be way more happier and he could be like, oh yeah, Lisa's amazing. But in the end, I was just like miserable. You know what I mean? You ever like try to change somebody and realize, oh wait, this person is never going to change. Yeah, I mean, the only way someone could change is if them themselves is willing to change. Sometimes you try to change them and you lose yourself in trying to do that. Yeah. So sometimes it's not worth it. Yeah. Sometimes you put all all of you into someone and when they leave you, you feel like you got nothing left. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Nothing left. <laughs> when I was younger, I went through a a similar breakup like that mm-hmm. and I went through a real bad breakup when I was young and I felt like I felt like I would never love again yeah. <laughs> and um, basically I went through you know you could say my whole phase I started mm-hmm. clubbing mm-hmm. I felt like Usher you know in the mm-hmm. video you got it you, you got, got it back <laughs> yeah I was just you know I'll be in the club yeah. maybe people around me I'd just be sipping any and drinking yeah. looking sad you know I'll be dancing with all these girls and all this crazy stuff yeah. when I get home like I'm lonely, I'm by myself. Yeah. And like, but meanwhile, like you know, the people in the in the club, like the photographers, they taking pictures and stuff, and other people that she knows there, so they see me, they think I'm having the time of my life. Yeah. Being Mr. Super Thought. Yeah. <laughs> Super Thought. And then she's like, she's like, man, look at this guy. He don't probably don't care about me. And then yeah. I go home and all I think about is her. Like you know, yeah. and I used to go through that for like that that breakup drag like years years ironically the weekend i was getting married i went to the bar shop and then she was there at the bar shop and i was like oh, wow. see how life plays with you Crazy. yeah i just walked out that bar shop and went about my life wow <laughs> <laughs> she probably's tight though hey <laughs> she did it to herself yeah she did it to herself but yeah it'd be it really be heartbreaks is for real like, people can really die off of heartbreaks. I heard of a, yeah. a, a 80-year-old, I think he was 80, an 80-year-old man, um, his wife passed away. And the day that he found out, he passed away. Yeah. And he died of a broken heart. That is so sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think with old people, when they've been together for so long, yeah. after one dies, they don't really want to live anymore. Yeah, sure. You know? Like, I can say that about my grandparents, mm-hmm. like... Like, my grandparents came from Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Haiti. Shout out to Haiti. <laughs> they came from Haiti maybe like a few years ago, I would say. And 
maybe time's been going by so fast yeah. lately. Maybe like five or six years ago, mm. maybe more than that, maybe seven, who knows. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then like one day my, my grandfather, he got real sick and then he just ended up in the hospital. He stayed in the hospital, then he ended up in a nursing home. Mm. He ended up getting both his legs amputated. Oh, wow. And then eventually he just withered away in a hospital and he died. And then a little bit after he died, uh, my grandma stopped talking less. And she was like, I think my grandfather died at 92, wow. something 92 or 93, some, yeah. some, somewhere in 90. Yeah. I think my grandmother's like 80 something now. And like first she stopped talking, then she stopped dancing. Then she just, she started to wither away. And now she can barely talk. She can't see, she got glaucoma. Wow. And she just lays in the, yeah. in the nursing home bed, yeah. like I guess waiting to die. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's how it is sometimes. That is yeah. how it is, because you know, my grandmother is my best friend, and um, she tells me all the time, um, when we're saying bye, she has this thing that she goes, um, si bon Dieu bleu, basically means, if God wants, I'll see you tomorrow, and I hate when she says that, and she just tells, tells me, like, the truth. yeah, she's just ready to go because all her friends, her husband, she just been through a whole lot, and she's like, okay, you guys will be totally fine without me. Like, it's time for me to be in peace, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, how could you say that? What about me? What about us? They probably feel like they lived a full life. I know, like, I know. Like, Lord, take me already. Take, yeah, she says that all the time. <laughs> she says that all the time. She probably feels like there's nothing left, more left yeah. for her to do. Like, yeah. But that's, that's how time is, man. Like... Like I just said, like time been moving by so fast, and I remember when we was kids, we thought we was grown, we thought we knew everything, and then as we get older, we realize that we we know nothing, and then afterwards, the generation that came after us, they now they think they know everything now, they yeah. swear they grown, and you like you know nothing, man. You know anything. <laughs> like like you think you know, but yeah. you don't know. Like life is gonna teach you a lot. Yeah, a whole lot, a whole lot. If I could talk, what would you say to your younger self? If you, did, if you could see him right in front of you, it depends on how young, but yeah. I would basically tell him, you know, um, don't waste money hmm. on like, you know, all the things that I did when I was younger, like the, the materialistic things, mm -hmm. you know, I would say just put a little bit of money aside, yeah. maybe like 10, 20, 30, 30 racks. Yeah. Might have bought a house, you yeah. know, something like that. And then, I don't know, I would say hang around better people, yeah. you know. Um, all the women wasn't worth it if you had one good one, mm -hmm. you know, as cliche as it may sound. Yeah. Back then it sounded like, 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 like nonsense, <laughs> but, you know, after the first few, they all feel the same if you don't feel the same about them That's on the true. inside. You know, after a while, it's just, and, it, and when it's time to really settle down, like, mm -hmm. it, it won't be worth it. And eventually, you're going to have a daughter, and then you're going to think about all the things you did. Oh, exactly. So, exactly. you know, it's, it's things like that. Um, I would have told him to pray more, you know. It's not worth trying to be a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of people that, the same people that you trying to impress, by you doing these tough things, a lot of them are soft and they frauds. Frauds. So, and then they're not going to hold you down at all. That's true. So, 
don't waste time with that. You know, the only things that really matter is God, family, and your future. So yeah. that's about it. That's true. And you? Um, I think I would tell my younger self to just stay focused. Like, you got this. Stay focused. Because mm-hmm. even though I feel like at this point, I'm, I, I feel like I'm on the right path and I'm doing well for myself, I ha- it took a lot for me to get there. So if I could tell my younger self, like, listen, this, you could skip all of that and go straight to where I'm at right now at a younger age if you just stay focused. You know what I mean? Because I went, I went a whole different way and, you know, was focusing on the wrong things and friends that's not my friends anymore. Exactly. And, you know, just being around negative energy and now now that i'm older like the friends that i used to have they're you know they're just still in the streets they still you know dying and bopping (laughs) you know they're not really doing what they're supposed to be doing so i think i would just tell myself to like stay focused on god first you know um listen to your dad because even though he's annoying right now he is really he's really serious and when you get you know it's crazy mm. when you get older that's when you start to see oh yeah my parents were right because mm. my parents used to tell me all the time don't go out late don't do this da 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 don't go to this friend's house you don't know if the uncle is this and that and i used to be like no that's my friend you don't know you know what i mean mm. so i would just tell her to like you know listen to your parents like they know what they do it. Listen to them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and stay focused, a hundred percent. Yeah. And this life is not an easy one at all, it's man. Not. A lot of you kids think life is sweet. Imagine when you on your own, you know, when the training wheels is off and the bike is going a hundred miles per hour and there's no brakes. That's what the real world is. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. And there's nobody to, you know, help you anymore. And you're by yourself. You got bills. You got school loans. You got. It's so much that just comes with being an adult mm-hmm. that I think that the younger generation don't get. A constant smack in the yeah. face. All day a, long. A big punch in the face. Like, douche, douche, douche. <laughs> you think you're done yet? <laughs> no, you think you're done? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Word. Um. Jay-Z once said a line, he said it took me 32 years just to find my path. My only job is to cut yours in half. Mm. I think, no, I think he said 42, something like that. Yeah. I don't know the exact words. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what parents try to do with their children, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, like all the mistakes that you're about to do, I did already. So I'm yeah. trying to help you out. Exactly. You know, me, I try my best to mentor the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I go to schools and speak, or I go to churches, I go to seminars. And I'm also a youth leader at my church, so I speak to them every week. Yeah. And, I'm, and I I admit the things that I went through mm-hmm. in my life to them to show them, like, yo, like, because sometimes the line that the kids love to say is, like, how you know? Exactly. You don't know my life. Exactly. You don't know my life. So I'm like, all right, like, I'm going to keep it really real with real y'all. With you. Yeah. <laughs> and they be like, oh, like, and the looks on their faces, they be like, oh. And yeah. Even some of the other elders and the other like pastors and the people that come in the church, like the real ones, they, they respect it when you keep it real. Mm-hmm. But the fraud ones be like, oh, don't talk about those things no more because you made it out, so just keep it to yourself. You yeah. don't got to mention that. I'm like, yeah, but there's people that's going through the same thing right now. Yeah, the same thing. And the thing that 
their biggest complaint is no one, they feel like no one understands what they're going through. Yeah. And that's a lie. Like, we yeah. all been through it. Just yeah. that a lot of them don't want to admit it because they want to keep that false perception that people have of them. They do. They do. I feel like, I feel like they, don't, they don't really believe in themselves. You know what I mean? I feel like there's not a lot of people like you and, you know, like Pastor Sanders who, like, really believe in um, the youth and the community. There's a lot of people that are just like, oh, let them do what they have to do. Let them kill themselves. Let them shoot each other. Like, that's not my business. I'm getting paid. Why am I going to? You know what I mean? Everybody likes to mind their business. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I feel like if they're not getting the motivation at home, they're Mm -hmm. definitely, you know, they're expecting it from the streets, you know, from you know, the big homies and stuff like that, like, mm-hmm. you know, because I know a lot of people right now that didn't have fathers, you know, when they was young, and um, they looked to the big homie as the dad, like, putting money in their pockets Big homies is bums, though. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, but they don't see it like that, you know, they never yeah. had, like, a, you know, like, a, oh, yeah, this is how a man is supposed to be, like, this is how a, a father figure is supposed to be, so they just put anybody in their place, you understand me? Facts. Yeah. I had a homeboy like that, shout out to my son, I won't say his name, <laughs> but um, he grew up without his father, and as he got older, he had a stepfather, and he said that stepfather was the closest thing he ever had to a real father, and the stepfather raised him up until the point when his stepfather and his mother broke up. Um, his stepfather was human, you know, mm-hmm. so he stepped out a few times, yeah. got caught up and all that, so the mother put him out. And he was like, yo, when my mom's put him out, like, it was almost like that broke his heart. Yeah. And then he was like, yo, like, I was just like, yo, F it. Like, he was like, yo, I stopped going to school and I just started chilling and hanging out. And, like, I just didn't really care like that. And then eventually, like, he ended up catching a felony. Then he ended up catching another felony. And then they shipped him off to Florida, you know, for some reason. They always say kiss the floor. Like, there's not, you know, hood parts in Florida. <laughs> or Haiti, like, I'm just going to find a gang in Haiti, man. Like, <laughs> so, That's true. So, like, they sent them back up, mm-hmm. and then his family moved to Long Island, and then, like, he started, like, hustling out there in Long Island. I'm like, yo, how you hustle in Long Island? There's no street lights. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? They find a way. Yeah, so, yeah. like, started banging out there, and then he put a gun charge out there, and then, like, eventually he just had to learn. He's like, yo, like, he's like, yo, all that stuff is not working, bro. Like, you know, like, I did all that because I was hurt. Like, I didn't have a father. Like, my father, like, he did he felt like his father did not want him. Like, his father just abandoned him. And then, like, he he felt like... Because he grew up in Haiti when he was younger. His mother was in America. And then eventually he came to America. So he met his mother later on in life. Like, and then he never met his pop. So he felt like his mom's left him back in Haiti. By the time he came to America, he didn't really know his pops. He was with his moms. And then, like... He had a stepfather in his life, and the stepfather left, and then he just had the streets, and then the streets wasn't what he thought it was, like, because he was crib, he was beefing with some blood dudes, so, like, yeah, beat him up, like, they stomped him out and everything, so he pulled up outside a crib, and then he had a gun on him, and then the, the dudes who was supposedly gangster, they called the police on him. Wow. <laughs> the police came, they found the gun in his car. Wow. I was like... 
Yeah, the streets don't love you. Uh oh. The streets oh. ain't real. They not. They not. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 That's just one story out of many that we could tell. When yeah. I tell these young kids about it, they're like, "Man, like you, you really lived that life." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> like go on, like yeah. you know, God yeah. restores." That's the only reason why I'm still here today. That's true. And I ain't trying to let none of y'all go down that path to try yeah. to be cool. Yeah. Like I know a lot of people sit in jail till this day for trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. Like and sitting in jail is not cool. It's not. <laughs> it's not at all. It's not. You know, wasting wasting life as everybody just keep moving on with their lives and you just sit in there in jail and 10 years go by, 20 years. Some people get life, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, for mm-hmm. not being at the wrong place at the wrong time or being around people that's just like, you know, comfortable where they are right now, you know what I mean? It's like, it's really sad because there's a lot of black men in the jail system like the jail system was meant for black men you know what i mean and um it's really sad that there are talented people smart people you know that just got caught up that if they did have somebody that was really telling them like you can really be somebody like you really don't have to do this you know what i mean i feel like i feel like they just need, I don't know, they just need motivation. And it's really sad that, you know, instead of them being in hospitals or being lawyers or, you know, being something productive, doing something productive, starting a, having a family, getting married, you know, there's so much to life that they are missing because of that one mistake, you know, that one right. mistake. I met this older dude, this OG. I think he's probably like, I think he told me he's like 60 something or 70 something, but he looks like, like a Bill Cosby in shape almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, you be wearing skinny jeans and, mm-hmm. and all that. I'm like, look at this old dude. Yeah. Like, he was telling me, like, when he was living in North Carolina, he used to drive truckers, like those big trucks. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he used to get money, he had his own place. And you know he used to enjoy women here or there you know he had the extra money he old head so that's what they do with their money (laughs) so he was like one day he was driving because he used to drive from north carolina to california Mm. to texas from california like all around because you know he didn't have children he didn't do all that so all he did was just drive and make money so he's like one day he was driving in north carolina and he had a new car because he was saying that he had just bought a new car he bought a convertible and he had a few beers, and when he got pulled over by the cop, like he passed the sobriety test, but he failed the breathalyzer. Wow. And so um, he got the DWI, and then they took away his license, they took away his CDL license, so he couldn't work anymore. Then because he couldn't work, he lost his house, lost his car, wow. ended up being homeless, had to move to New York, because you know, North Carolina really got no welfare program yeah. like that, or shelters. Yeah. So he moved up to New York, to to be to live in a shelter basically and now he's homeless all of one bad decision so and that's like an everyday thing for people you know like um you heard about what happened on um on flatbush that um this kid this guy came basically came from haiti he stayed with his family and he just got caught up with the wrong people and um the people came to his house and um, his little brother opened the door and they shot the little brother seven times. Wow. 
seven times. So now, you know. But not the boy then. Huh? But not the boy. Not, the, not the guy. Just wow. whoever opened the door. Whoever wow. opened the door, they was going to, you know, shoot Young kids him. shot them? Oh, he was banging? Yeah, he was, he was, um, no, the, the older brother was oh. banging. And oh. I guess he had beef with um, some other people and they found out where he lived. So they came to the door, they came to the crib and um, basically rung the doorbell. His little brother was 15 years old, opened wow. the door and they shot the little brother seven times. Wow, the blue what they probably looked like. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then what happened after that? Um, nothing. They still trying to find those the guys that did it. And um, who's the trying to find them? The older brother or the police? Both, both, <laughs> <laughs> both. But you know, it's it's really sad because like people don't be understanding. Like the people that you love can get caught up in it too. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because now he has to live with the fact that. He will never, because of his actions, and he came to he came to America to better himself because he was doing bad in Haiti, you know. So his mom like bust her ass and do everything so that way he could come to America and do good for himself. And he came and you know. Wow. So now it's like now you have to live with the fact that your actions and the choices that you made, you you know you lost your brother. But that's a familiar story, yeah. though. Like. Like dudes come from Haiti, they barely speak any English, mm -hmm. but they want to be gangsters in yeah. America. They don't even got green cards. Yeah. Like I got a homeboy right now. Like he was in jail because he was in jail for a robbery and a burglary. Basically, mm -hmm. they broke into a place, um, burglary. Then they tied the person up, kidnapping mm -hmm. and a robbery because they were armed. Wow. So, um, he did a year or on the island mm -hmm. and I guess his Cody copped out or whatever happened because his code his Cody blew the blue at 25 wow. and he got freed so I don't know you do the math whatever yeah. you want to say <laughs> so and we went to go see his Cody and his Cody was like yo you got a second chance at life don't mess it up because mm -hmm. my life is over right yeah. now I'm doing 25 30 my life over right now because if you like 25 and you do 25, you come out when you're 50, like, it's a, it's and, it's and you coming out to, like, what, to live in a shelter because exactly. you already know how Haitians move. Exactly. They're not letting you pack in their crib. So it's crib. slow for that. Yeah. So, so he was like, yo, don't mess up. Don't mess up. And then he was like, nah, man, I'm not going to mess up. I'm not going to mess up. So I had him under the wing for a little bit, man. I was looking out for him and everything, and then... You know, my life started progressing, and I was like, I was like, yo, like, I gotta go all the way clean, bro. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't play both sides, because yeah, yeah. I'm getting too old, and you know, I can't take, I can't take no charge right now. So he was like, ah, right, blah blah, and then I guess he felt some kind of way, cause he was going around the hood telling people, oh, Ricard is on his pastor stuff. He think mm -hmm. he better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. He think he gonna save the world. He think he gonna change the world. Yeah. He out here preaching and this and that oh he yeah. think he's that man but i knew him when when, it was, when he was in the streets blah blah i knew him yeah. this and that and i'm like yo bro at the end of the day i'm trying to better my life i'm trying to change now because at that time i was like 27 28 i'm doing the math in my head i'm like yo i can't be doing the same things all day like like y'all think scamming is making money like yeah. nah people out here making real money like yeah. and going to school and all that, like, mm -hmm. someone could never take a degree from you. Exactly. Never. Ever. Like, so what is you saying to me, bro? Like, you know, like, eventually I'm going to need insurance. I'm going to need a 401k. I'm going to need a house. I'm going to 
like I'm, I expect to have a family, you know, I can't be doing the same things that that you doing for a Gucci belt and some nudie jeans. Like, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> so, so he's like, all right, man, it's whatever. And then on the low, he started beefing me. I'm like, yo, bro, like, if you want to beef, go ahead and beef. Like, I ain't got time for that. Eventually, like, you know, like, I met up with my wife and, you know, situation changed. Eventually, I moved out the hood. At that time, I lived in Canarsie. I moved out Canarsie. I lived in, I lived um, by downtown Brooklyn. And then, you know, now I live where I live. Um, which is none of your business. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so, so, um, him on the other hand, he kept trapping. You know, he kept trapping, he kept hustling, he kept scamming, and he was a hot boy. Like I'll be riding with him, and he'd be yeah. throwing pieces on the floor of my car. I'm like, yo, bro, like I feel like you trying to line me. Like, what if I was to get pulled over, and now I got pieces in my car? They gonna, it's my car. They gonna charge me for identity yeah. fraud and whatnot. Like, come on come to find out he got caught in a situation where he was in the car with like three other people and somebody dropped a gun in the car. They copped a, they, they caught a gun charge. They got sent to the county and they was in the county for a little bit. He wanted me to bail him out. I'm like, yo, I told you I left the game, bro. Yeah. And I can't, like your bail is my one year salary. Like yeah. I can't really take that chance. Yeah. Like not with you cause you, you've been moving the hot yeah. and you're still moving yeah. the hot. Yeah. So for that, you know, he started beefing me again. I'm like, all right, bro, do what you got to do. But you know my body. If you come for me, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. So we just gave each other space. Yeah. So after that situation, like, I just kept progressing, kept progressing. And then I didn't hear from him for a while. And then one day I got that jail call. You, you have a collect call from so-and-so. Yeah. Like, I looked him up on the locator, found out that he was on the island again. Mm -hmm. And I went to go see him. And he was like, yo... They called me on some BS charge, blah, 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 this and that. Come to find out his original charge, because it was over one year, mm -hmm. and he wasn't a citizen, like you were saying. He yeah. was straight from straight from Haiti. Like, yeah. not straight from Haiti, but he'd been in Haiti. He'd been in America for a little bit, but yeah. his papers wasn't all the way, yeah. you know, done. Because, you know, uh, that, yeah. takes that takes a long time. time yeah. I remember I didn't become a citizen until I was damn near done yeah. college. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, we had to put that money out. It wasn't cheap, neither, like for the lawyer fees, the paperwork and all that, like, they drag it out. Cause yeah, they, they do, know. Cause they, they do. do background check all the way back to Haiti sometimes on you. They really do. So when they did the background check on him, they seen, hey, you did over one year in jail. Mm -hmm. So what was this, a felony? It was like, no, he capped out to a misdemeanor, but the judge did not wanna, like basically if the judge brought the days down to 364, Wait, how much years? How much days? Yes, 365 in a year, right? Mm -hmm. So if they brought it to like 364, 363, then he would be good. It wouldn't yeah. be a year. Yeah. But because the judge kept it at a year, mm -hmm. then that caused his green card to be revoked. Mm -hmm. Because his green card was revoked now, he's here illegally. So ICE came and snatched him. Yeah. That's crazy. Now he's in the camps with the Mexicans. Wow. So he called me like, yo, they got me in these camps with these Mexican dudes and these El Salvador dudes. I'm like, yo, yeah. I don't belong here. Like, yeah. I'm like, bro, you belong there because you're not American and you was moving like you was an American yeah. and you got caught up. Yeah. And he's like, damn, man, I wish I could do stuff different. I'm Go like, back. yo. And I'm like, yo, it's crazy because you, you and your cousin grew up in the same house and she's a nurse now. Yeah. You know, and, you, and you've been jailing for the last five, six yeah. years. So, you know. It's sad. Yeah. That's really sad.
Shout out to Pastor Sandra Camo. Yeah, in the house. What's up? What's up? What's up? Man, like I said, you know, go, go piggyback on what you're saying, man. Like I said, you know, choices leads to consequences, man. Yeah. And it's very unfortunate. And the thing is that we shouldn't allow um, our background or our past to determine where we need to go. So it's always good to make wise choices. You know what I'm saying? Especially, you know, you know, being raised with a single parent from the hood. Like I said, you could always take a negative and turn it into positive. So, yeah, that's man, that's right. real. You know what I'm that's saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So why I think it's kids that's coming from these different countries that's coming to America and they think that they run America and they trying to be gangsters in a foreign land like that. Doesn't make sense. I, I think it's learn from Takashi. <laughs> learn from Takashi. I think I think it's um I think they they get they get comfortable. <coughs> they get it too easy over here. That's what it is. I think that, you know, um my dad always tell me, like, um, you and your brother don't know how easy you guys have it. I used to do homework under under a street light because there was no lights in my house in Haiti. Like you guys have it so easy and y'all just y'all just you know, y'all just wasting time. You know what I mean? And he's just like if he had if he could have if he had the opportunities that we have right now, um, that he would have been far in life. You know what I mean? He would have been far. And people don't really understand that um, there are people from different countries that are fighting to get to the to where we are literally, right now. Literally, literally fighting, and you know, making the little money that they make over there. They're they they stressing out, they're trying to get their kids and everything so they could come here and so that their kids could live a better life. And they come here and they see that they have it good. You know what I mean? Like mom's working. She give me ten dollars. I go, you know, buy a little dime, da da da. You know what I mean? They just wasting time, like just wasting, wasting time. And I think they just, they're just comfortable. That's what it is. They're just comfortable, and they get caught up with the wrong people, get caught up with the wrong friends, and stuff like that, and just think that they know life. Like we said, like they just think that they know everything, and they know that, um, you know they could handle this life like oh these little guys they don't have nothing again they don't have nothing with me because you know i'm from haiti i'm a vagabond and this and that i'm a gangster i was a big gangster in haiti america <laughs> have nothing on me and then you know and they take you and they send you right back to haiti and you realize how good you had it Fast. here you know what Fast. i mean so um it, it always happens like that it always happens like that and i think that I think that you know us as um, us as uh, people that um, you know didn't you know give in to the lifestyle because you could have went another way. You could have been like you know what I'm gonna be a gangster forever and you know I'm gonna just keep doing this and I'm gonna don't worry bro I got you and then probably end up in the same position that he's in right now. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of people just have to um, pray. And um, ask God for guidance because people don't really do that anymore, especially our generation. They don't really do that. And um, ask God for guidance and, you know, and ask God to keep away the negative people that's trying to get to you. Because even though you have a good heart, the person that's next to you probably have a bad heart. And if you're not strong enough, they could make you have a bad heart. You understand what I'm saying? So I think that, you know, we just have to get it together and you know talk to talk to 
the community talk to our youth and you know tell them like you know not don't be afraid to tell them your mistakes you know because i feel like i feel like the reason why um i am the way that i am is because my dad just wasn't scared to tell me like yo yeah i did this before like when i was in haiti i used to do this and that and that and it made me realize that like if he did all of that and he just changed himself for him to have a whole family in america and a church in in america and you know mortgage and bills and you know what i mean like really doing good for himself what is stopping me from really achieving what i need to achieve you know what i mean if he came here with nothing and made something out of nothing if i have all these opportunities why can't i do what i'm supposed to be doing and reach where i'm supposed to be going like what's what's stopping me you know what i mean sure. so people don't really understand like the only person that's stopping you from it's you is you it's you it's you you know what i mean the only person that's really stopping you from getting to where you're going is you like you're the reason why you don't want to wake up in the morning and you know apply for school and do that you keep saying like five years oh my god five years i can't do five years so you know yeah I, I was day. just telling him that the other day because yeah, huh? a lot of people were saying like i have a lot of friends that have goals and they they say that um oh my god it takes 10 years for me to do that in school and graduate and stuff like that and I tell them, like, 10 years is going to come regardless of what you do or not. So it all depends on what you're going to do in those 10 years. Are you going to are you gonna try to better yourself or are you just going to stay in the same position? Because the 10 years is going to come regardless. Exactly. And anything lost could be found except the time wasted. Exactly. Um, I think the Bible gives us a great example um, with the story of Joseph where he was sold, he was sold into bondage at the age of 17. And he didn't get to see Pharaoh till he was 30. Yeah. So for like a good 13 years, it took him to get to his pinnacle in life. Yeah. And a lot of us are stagnant where we want to get things overnight. Mm -hmm. And I have friends like that, like that they was willing to get it overnight, whether they had to rob, scam, hustle, and they all got caught up. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I had this one friend, like all he used to do was scam. Yeah. Like you go to his house, you see like an industrial printer, fake checks, like, like a professional scammer. Yeah, like a and big it, bag of dope, and that's what he used to do. Yeah. It's dying, but and, now. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so crazy because because they, they do all this scamming and stuff like that, they could be really good accountants. Like, they don't see True. how True. the negative that they're doing, and you're so good at stealing other people's money, they don't see how how you could change that into something positive. Like, you could really be an accountant. You could really work at a bank. You could really handle people's money like make sure they're saving money like you know what i mean they don't see it like that they don't see it as you know um let me let me better myself it's like quick money fast money and you know fast money is not good money mm -hmm. so um they just they're just comfortable i guess you know yeah more or less i think he was forced out of his comfort zone um by the courts mm -hmm. when they forced him to get a job and do an internship yeah and then now uh, you, you see him in a shirt and tie yeah <laughs> and He's like, yeah, I'm trying to do this to get off papers, but yeah. I think it elevated his mind because mm -hmm. I think the biggest misconception with majority of the young men and women that's living in low and poverty neighborhood, we call it the hoods, mm -hmm. is that they only see up to 10, 20 blocks. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. if they do go to a different borough, that's probably like once a month or once mm -hmm. every other month or mm -hmm. something like that where they go to Manhattan they call up all, and they call all their friends and brag about it. Yeah. You understand? It's like, to them, like, they'll, they'll, they'll get dressed up just to stand outside. 
type situation. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, I used to see people, they used to get one fly outfit, wear for like two, mm-hmm. three days, mm-hmm. stand outside, walk yeah. across the street, come yeah. back, go to the store, mm-hmm. take a picture, go mm-hmm. online, and then go to their house. Yeah. And it's like, and and that was life for them, mm-hmm. you know? And I used to be one of those type of people. I didn't get a passport till I was well in my 20s. I was like 20, 27, 28 till I got I my passport. I still don't have my passport, which is so sad. <laughs> I need to go get it. No, you good. I mean, I'm working on, I'm working on it this year too, so you good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it wasn't up until I met my wife that like, she was like, oh, you gotta get your passport. You, you, you gotta travel. And I'm like, all right. And I was like, yo, let's go to Cali. And I remember going to Cali, and I seen the vibe was just mm-hmm. different, yeah. you know, the way yeah. the people lived, the air, the vibe, you know, the houses, everything was just different. Yeah. And then from there, I went to Miami, mm-hmm. and you know, all the places that they be talking about, Collin, South Beach, yeah. um, Wet Willys, and all that, like, lit. you know, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, man, this what they be talking about, yeah. you know? <laughs> then from there, like, I went to Mexico, and I was like, yo, they... They be disrespecting Mexicans, but Mexico is beautiful. Yeah, like, it is. I was like, damn, like they had the clear water with the see-through mm-hmm. fishies and all that. And, yeah. uh, and I was like, wow, and you know, like, and people show you love, you know. It's like it's not even like a black-white thing, you know. Like they respect you. Like, and most time when I went to other countries, they thought I was a celebrity, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was like, it was like this, this black guy, like. Yeah, yeah, he must be a rapper or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember when I went to Belize, the dad was like, oh, you a rapper? You a rapper? DMX? Rap, rap, rap. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? And I was like, but in my mind, like, this is probably what they think about yeah. black people, especially yeah. black that... people here, because they used to see in the only, like, you know, the other side, yeah. places like this. So if you hear, like, you must be a rapper, like, yeah. you know, but... That's the vibe when you go to other places. It's just beautiful. And then you start seeing the world so differently. Yeah. And now you're like, wow. Like, you know, like New York in the hood, just like it's like a big tombstone. Yeah, you see that, right? There's yeah. so much There's so much more. Then New York, see, of course. You know exactly. what I mean? There's so much more. And then New York puts you in a constant, like, constant state of, like, awareness where you, like, go mode all the time. Like, I remember I was in Belize in the middle of the night by myself, I was driving a go-kart through the rainforest, pitch black, just driving, just driving, just driving. Mm-hmm. And it's like when I was there, instead of having cockroaches, they had lizards on the walls. Instead of having like, you know, um, squirrels outside, they had frogs. Yeah. You know, and you see the difference between yeah, like yeah. the coaches in the neighborhood and the atmosphere. And he's like, yo, like everybody here showing me love, but no one knows me here from a hole in the wall. Yeah. And you start to really think of life like yo where's all this hate really coming from yeah that's true that's real i wanted to ask you guys a quick question out of a topic um how you guys feel about the the neverland documentary that's that's out right now michael jackson um is it it's a documentary it's a documentary yeah it's a two-part documentary i think two or three hours each i think on hbo or something Mm -hmm. like that how do you feel like that it's coming out and michael can't even defend himself I mean, what you do? I'll let you go first. Ladies um, first. Um, it's uh, is it is it people that came up with the story or like people that was around him? I think it's um his accusers. It's supposed as alleged accusers. It's alleged accusers. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think he did it. 
You think so? I think it's questionable. Oh, yeah, because... I think, I think it's questionable. Yeah? Because of, um, you know... Cause there's a lot of things going on. The people... Let me tell you something. People... You can't really say that you know a person based off of their music or based off, oh, yeah, you know, he was an amazing artist. Of course. And you know what I mean? You of never course. know what can happen of course, behind closed doors. Like, the whole thing with R. Kelly, I... I love R. Kelly, you know what I mean? So watching that whole documentary with the girls and stuff like that, it really just, like, you really don't know, you know, these artists and these people that, you know, you really look up to, like, ever yeah. since you was young, you know what I mean? Yep. So I can't say that, um, I can't say that, um, he probably didn't do it or he probably did mm. or something, but I, I really want to watch and see... I felt, but I think it's unfortunate that you know now that he's dead, now they want to bring things like that up. I think that's yeah, crazy. I think I think that that's the only issue that I have is that you know they waited until he died, he died for him for them to come out yeah. with all of this stuff because you know it probably isn't true. Just like you know those girls with the R. Kelly case, they waited 10, 20 years to say something. With Bill Cosby, they waited 10 celebrity or got raped by a person. It it really messes up your state of mind. It messes up, you know, the way you love somebody else. You know what I mean? It really affects your day to day. So it, I could understand why they would take a long time unless somebody else comes out because this is a big celebrity. You know what I mean? So Sometimes girls feel like if I say something, they're not going to believe me. But if this girl says something, and then this girl says something, and this girl says something, it's going to be more easier for me to come out because people have a thing of, oh, he's a celebrity. You was just sleep trying to sleep with him anyway. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that um, I think that's that's the that's the case that you know we you know we get scared that we're not gonna that somebody's not gonna believe us because this person has so much money that oh he didn't really rape you you was trying to have sex with him because he has money he's a millionaire you know what i mean so they stay quiet for a long period of time and it breaks them down you know that's crazy it breaks them down and it's hard for them to be in another relationship or love somebody else because they're keeping this secret that is really you know it really messes your mind up you know what i mean i never been through it so i never could say um i can't say how they're supposed to react but i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that it's really something it's hard for them to deal with you know what i mean yeah so um real quick um if you go to vanityfair.com on um, backslash hollywood there's 10 there's a list of 10 undeniable facts in regards to the michael jackson situation the first one is, um, well, undisputable facts. They said that at the age of 34, Michael Jackson slept more than 30 days in a row in the same bed as a 13-year-old boy. I think that's weird. Um, um, so far, five boys shared the same bed as, as Michael Jackson. Um, they said that he paid $25 million to settle a lawsuit with one of the boys, with $18 million going to the boy, um, $2.5 going to each parent. And, um, that's crazy. Um, the rest going to lawyer fees. He also paid another $2.4 million to another boy. Um, they said that he suffered from a skin situation and the boy was able to draw um, the markings on his penis. So obviously the boy saw his penis. Um, That's crazy, bro. There's also a security zone around his bed. 
I mean, near his bedroom, so they could see who's coming in and out the room. Um, he also had um, porn and a suitcase near his bed and S&M bondage photos, I guess erotica and statues near his desk so the boys that slept in the bed with him saw these pictures and stuff because the, the forensics found fingerprints belonging to the boys and Michael Jackson on the pages of the porno magazines. Um, according to the staff that worked at his house, they never saw a woman sleep in his bed or spend the night. That's including Lisa Marie Presley and the woman that well, that yeah, supposedly had the kids with. And the woman that carried the kids said she never had sex with Michael Jackson. Wow. Not even once. So, so um, it was artificial, basically. It is artificial. It's not artificial. It's basically... Um, I don't know, because those kids are white, bro. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um <laughs> They also said that he gave expensive gifts to the parents of the children, including a house... Um, a diamond bracelet and um, other expensive gifts. Um, two of the boys' fathers, um, who accused Michael Jackson, um, committed suicide. And two of the boys' fathers fathers committed suicide. I guess they couldn't live with the guilt of basically selling their sons to Michael Jackson for his pleasure. And um, in 2002, Michael Jackson told Martin Blasher that there was nothing wrong with sharing his bed with boys. You know what's so crazy, man? With this Hollywood thing, man... So these are just facts. There's a lot of um, pedophilia. A, yeah. It's real. I mean, and, 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 and that's yeah, the big thing that's going on right now, too. You know what I'm saying? Um, especially what's going on with the Catholic Church. and They said every year, 400, over 400,000... Between 400 and 800,000 children go missing. Um, about 100... To 200,000 of them are black children. Um, they said that they have camps in Michigan, Texas, and Missouri where they auction off children. There's also live auctions where they sell people in Libya um, yeah. for about between four to six hundred dollars. You could buy yourself a person That's crazy. in Libya. That's, you know, it's so crazy. I recently just learned about that because I was trying to do a. a I was doing a, a slideshow um, in my church because we always have like a black history service. And I was try coming up with a slideshow and I needed pictures of like slaves back in the day and stuff like that. And um, they were showing me 2019 slaves. And I was really like really surprised that there are a whole bunch of slaves being sell sold in Libya right now. Like, as we speak, they are being sold and abused and women are being raped and children are being abused. And it's just really, it's just really sad that, um, it's that it's 2019 and we still have to, you know, yep. witness things like that. You know what I mean? And, um, it's really heartbroken. It's really that really broke my heart that you know there are people that really just um, they're just trying to. I I read somewhere that they were they were trying to travel to another part of Africa. They got they was trying to travel to another part of Africa and they basically um, they wouldn't let them travel to the other part and that's that's where they got caught and um, kids are getting kidnapped and mm. kids are getting raped and. It's really yeah. Basically, they're they're trying to get from Libya, I believe, to Nigeria yeah. or to 
um, the coastal African nations so that they could try to get to Europe to try to get away from um, the carnage. Basically, after yeah. they killed um, Gaddafi in Libya, um, it became destabilized. So there's a lot of war going on, a lot of different things going on. So it's basically people that claim that they'll help them get to freedom or help them get to Europe, but instead they kidnap them and sell them into slavery. Um, so we going, well, time is almost up, so closing thoughts? Man, um, it was real. I mean, I was watching you guys through online. I really love what Lisa's doing in regards to her music. I'm looking forward for the album to come out. My EP. Oh, your EP? Yes. Oh, there's a difference, right? Yeah. <laughs> you want to call album, you know, I'm really looking forward what for that. What does EP stand for? Okay. So, um, it's like a, a taste before the album. So, it's yeah. like six songs instead of like yeah. 12, 14. Yeah. Well, I'm so, looking forward to the album. That's yeah. what I'm looking forward yeah. for. Not the EP. No more teasers. <laughs> <laughs> closing thoughts? Um, closing thoughts. Um, well, thank you for having me here, you know. Um, and I feel like we talked a, a whole lot about, um, about things that people really needed to hear. You know what I mean? And, um... I just want to thank you for the opportunity to come here and speak my mind. And um, uh, I would like um, everybody to download my single, Losing My Mind, on Apple, Tidal, Spotify. Um, follow me on Instagram, Lisa Rose. My Facebook, Lisa Rose, also. And um, I feel like that the biggest message is remain focused, you know? So wherever you are in your life right now, stay focused if you have a dream go for it if you have a goal go for it don't let anybody stop you don't every don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it just do it and um you know achieve success like we need we need more african americans just achieving greatness like we have greatness in our blood so we really you know so um just don't give up and keep it keep focused Facts, facts. Um, this this is simple, but this is deep. Don't believe the history that was told to you backwards. Mm -hmm. Don't let that go over your head. Um, so I thank everyone for watching the real word today. I thank um, my guest, Miss Rose, for being here with us today. Shout out to Pastor Santa Camo. Shout out to everybody that's been watching, everybody that's been supporting. Um, you could donate to the show www.gofundme backslash the real word. That's gofundme.com backslash the real word. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Real Word TV. That's Instagram at the Real Word TV. I'm also um, YouTube, um, YouTube.com backslash the Real Word TV. That's the Real Word TV on YouTube, um, and we'll be on television Thursday at 4 p.m. on the Brick Network. Check us out. Also, vote for us. Um, go to um, BrickTV.com and vote for us um, so we could be an award-winning television show. Why not? So vote for us. Um, the the ballot is out right now. I think up until April. So go out there and vote. <laughs> I know you guys don't vote for nothing else. So vote for that for us and just let us know. All right. I'm saying it's closed out prayer. Father God, we pray you may continue to order our steps. We pray that you may continue to strengthen us and empower us into the people that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. 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 So shout out to everybody for watching. We thank you. We love you, and we see you next week.